0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast <clears throat> for the fourth day of June. I'm Paul White. I want to thank you for joining me on a Saturday. Saturday is the day that we tell you all about the Sunday sermon that will drop this uh, that drops on all the platforms wherever you're listening. to The podcast drops on the website, drops uh, on YouTube. This one's a little different in that it is audio only. I return to the conference that we did in Floyd's Knobs, Indiana. For this week's sermon, I did four sermons or three sermons in conference, one sermon in service on Sunday. Uh, I want to. I'm busting these up so that I don't do audio only every week, and that's because I I just rely on what they did. So they did video and audio, but that's all in their hands. They were kind and generous and wonderful to give me all the audio immediately so that I could send it out to you, the audience. Um, As I've said before, if the video ever surfaces, I'll pass that along as well. But in the meantime, I thought you would enjoy these sermons. But because I don't like to do them four Sundays in a row of no video, we're breaking them up. This is the second of those four sermons. This one was the Friday morning sermon in conference. The conference was open to everyone in the evenings and then opened to registers, registrants in the morning sessions. The host, Bishop Jamie Englehart, spoke on Friday morning as well. I led the morning off, then he spoke right after me. And then on Saturday morning, we did a panel, and maybe we can get our hands on that sometime in the future. But for now, uh, I thought uh, it would be great to put this second sermon of this weekend up. And this one, of everything we preached that weekend, this one might have been my favorite to preach. It's a sermon that... I have worked on before you'll recognize some of the elements of it um, from a sermon we posted a few weeks ago called what it means to have the Mind of Christ. But I flipped it this time. instead of opening in the Philippians passage, we close there and I open in the Gospels and work my way to it and I use some different stories and some different illustrations. In fact, I spend the first five minutes of this on my bio a little bit, but for reasons that make themselves clear, not just to let the crowd know about me. Uh, And so I thought you would really enjoy this. I titled it Let Go, very simple title. It's a phrase I use a lot in the message because it's about letting go of the things that you need to let go of from your past or your present in order to embrace where you're going in the future. It's also about letting go of the things so that they don't define you. You can only grasp so many things, so grasp the things that matter. And so we use a lot of stories and and ideas and scriptures, and I think this is one you're going to enjoy. It's nearly an hour long. It's called Let Go, and it's going to be wherever you're listening to the podcast today. You'll be able to get a hold of that tomorrow on the Sunday. Full sermon drop at paulwhiteministries.com. Okay, for today... I want to take you back into 1 Timothy. We're working in the fourth chapter. Last The last few days, we've talked about Paul's first five verses from the chapter in which he talks about that great apostasy uh, that was coming upon them, and I think in his day and some of the things that were being preached. And then he says this in verse 6, "...if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed." But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. Um, Some translations have nothing to do with profane myths and old wives' tales. Train yourself in godliness. I'll stop there. Train yourself in godliness, depending on your translation, is sometimes the beginning of a new sentence. Um, Older translations have the sentence ending at the end of godliness. So we're going to stop at the end of seven today and and just try to work our way from six into seven. Paul basically lays out in front of Timothy that if you will do what I've just said for you to do, which is basically be the opposite of the false teaching that's going around, teachings of demons, um, people whose conscience are seared with a hot iron, people who have... Their their consciousnesses are seared with a perpetual consciousness of sin, and therefore they start preaching asceticisms. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. That sounds very much like some of the church environments that you and I came up in, where we were sitting underneath preachers whose consciousness was seared with a hot iron. And that doesn't mean that they could sin without feeling bad. It means that all they thought about was sin. All they thought about was a consciousness of sin. And according to the New Testament... The perpetual consciousness of sin is what's provided, is what happens to you when you try to find life in the old covenant. You weren't meant to find life through the old covenant. Life comes through God, comes through the Father, and namely through Jesus. And so our life is not in rules and regulations. Our life is in His resurrection, and that means our death is in His death, our resurrection is His resurrection. So if we then start to take rules, And regulations in order to achieve death, some sort of spiritual death, which is the type of forbid marriage, don't eat certain foods. When we start to take those rules in order to achieve death, we are circumventing or bypassing the death of Christ on the cross, what Paul called making the cross of Christ of no effect. Because if you can achieve spiritual death through asceticisms, rules, and regulations, you don't need Christ. But you do need Christ because you can't achieve spiritual death through performance. You're just performing in a place of death. You're not entering into death. Only when you enter into his death, you come up into the resurrection of his life. And that lets you taste the life of the eternal. Paul says, if you put these instruction before the brethren, you'll be a good servant of Jesus Christ, nourished on the words." of the faith and the sound teaching that you have followed. So to be a good servant for Christ in regards to ministry, there's a lot of ways to define what it would be like to be a servant of Christ, but in regards to ministry appears to mean be the opposite of the false preachers of verses 1 through 5. And that's not to name a specific style of preaching or the way they do it. It's, th- it's this message of spiritual asceticism to achieve something with God, a message birth in people who have a perpetual consciousness of sin. And I think it could be like this, and I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush, but it might sound like this. Wherever there is a constant ministry built around performance and action in regards to sin... It could be that you're hearing something or someone ministering from the place of death, and therefore that's the opposite of the good servant of Jesus Christ. Paul said, nourished on the words of the faith and sound teaching you follow. He doesn't say nourished on the words of performance. And that, of course, does not mean that you can't talk to people about works. It means that you can't talk to people about works in order to achieve righteousness. You can't talk to people about works in order to achieve the favor of God or forgiveness. That stuff's got to go. That's not the new covenant. We don't talk to people about doing in order to get God's love, get God's favor, get God's forgiveness. We aren't getting a paycheck. We're receiving grace. Receiving grace doesn't mean we don't live out that grace. So that's Paul seems to be Paul's definition of a good covenant servant. We'll work on that seventh verse a little bit tomorrow. See you then. God bless.